Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowe, and myself will be discussing the Fifth Commandment. Welcome to Being Lutheran Podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bowe, and I have with me today... Pastor Jason Goodham. And Pastor Brian Rickey. Good to see you guys. It's good to be back. Yes, great to be here again today. It's also, It's been good to have Brian on these last couple of episodes, and uh, we'll continue feeding off of that. Yeah, I, I was going to say, we were having this conversation before we started recording. I think... The quality of the material has gone up exponentially since we brought Brian aboard. So I'm going to embarrass you right away at the beginning, Brian, and uh, there you go. We'll just have to agree to disagree. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, we are jumping into a new commandment here as we continue to walk through the Ten Commandments, and uh, we are on the Fifth Commandment already. Yeah, we spent uh, about a year and a half talking about the fourth commandment. And again, there's good reasons for that. It's the first commandment of the second table. The first commandment is also, the the fourth commandment is introducing the principles of the second table of law and loving your neighbor and and working with that. For those who are joining us, that was an exaggeration. We really didn't spend a full year and a half on the fourth commandment. felt like it. I was going to say, it kind of felt like it. Yep. I, I didn't think it was possible, but at 20 minutes apiece, we are moving at a slower pace through the confessions than I'm doing in my Sunday school class. I, I was worried that we would eventually lap the content, and we are in no danger of doing that. Mm-hmm. We're going at a slug's pace. I like to call it thorough. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> oh, good. Well, let's start by uh, reading the fifth commandment, and then we'll launch into this conversation here. Um, so I will read the fifth commandment, and it goes like this. You shall not murder. What does this mean? And we should fear and love God so that we may not hurt or harm our neighbor in his body, but help and befriend him in every bodily need. Great stuff. There, there we go. Yeah, yes. I love that. Uh, the, the difference now between the fifth commandment and the fourth commandment is the fourth commandment was establishing order in society. Mm-hmm. And so we we're looking, even though we we're talking about our relationship with our neighbor, we we're looking vertically mm-hmm. uh, from our neighbor to our, our, from our relationship to our superiors and to those who are under our care. The fifth commandment really is the first commandment that deals with your purely horizontal mm-hmm. relationship with your neighbor. Sure, beyond just the the parents or ha- parents, family. children, yeah. everything, mm-hmm. and, and it, it definitely covers that. But but you are looking now. Uh, I guess in one way you are looking at your neighbor as your superior at this point in time because we've started this self-sacrificing, selfless love and placing your neighbor's life over your own. Mm-hmm. We kind of keep revisiting that whole theme in Philippians chapter two to place the needs of others as more important than yourself. Have this in mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Yeah, it's the, mm-hmm. this is the, the embodiment of the second table of the law is where we really interact with Christ as example. Mm-hmm. You know, always under redemption, under law and gospel, uh, repentance and forgiveness, but looking to Christ who over and over and over again emphasized the self-sacrificing love of loving your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you've kind of touched on here of what it, Prohibits. Um, how about the promoting? Just real quickly here at the beginning. Yeah. So the prohibits is prohibits murder, and that's your Christian gloss. As long as I'm not killing anyone, mm-hmm. 
uh, it's I'm, I get to check that box next to it and, and work my way towards a C plus, right? Uh, it, it's prohibiting violence. It's prohibiting anything that would harm your neighbor in body mm-hmm. or soul. Uh, but it's prohibiting or promoting, I should say, life. It's mm-hmm. uh, it, it's really promoting your neighbor at this point in time. Everything about his life is to be placed as uh, primary in your concerns. And part of unpacking the promoting part of this mm-hmm. commandment is what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount. You know, that hatred, any type of malice toward anyone and any uh, not speaking to someone, uh, not withholding you know, mm-hmm. forgiveness from someone. All of those things are tied into that. Yeah, it's, it's really Sermon on the Mount theology. Mm-hmm. I just saw an article that I ended up not reading uh, talking about Christians saying, are you a Sermon on the Mount Christian or are you an <laughs> Easter morning Christian? And that was a comparison being made. And the, the, the answer to the headline of the article that I did not read is you're both. You can't be a Sermon on the Mount Christian without being a Good Friday and Easter morning Christian. It's not a possibility. It's the gospel is what frees us to live under the law outside of the condemnation of the law. And so That's then, well said. Yeah. yeah then you can go into the Sermon on the Mount, and even though it is accusing you of failing to do this, you have the privilege to repent and then to use that as a guide. Uh, And so uh, a great line from the large catechism, uh, Luther commenting on the Sermon on the Mount passage is Matthew 5, 20 through 26, is the pertinent passage in Matthew that talks about murder. Uh, Luther says, Christ says that we must not kill neither with hand, heart, mouth, signs, gestures, help, nor counsel. It's that (laughs) binding to us. And then he goes on to say, God would have this commandment placed as a wall, a fortress, and a refuge around our neighbor so that we do not hurt or harm him in his body. And again, Mm -hmm. Luther's emphasis here that the law was given to protect our neighbor from our sinful selves. And we really see this coming out in Fifth Commandment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that is excellent stuff there. Um, uh, is there any? I'm, I look at that list, and I almost want to stop and think through that a little more. That not kill neither the hand, heart, mouth, signs, gestures. You know, think about all the different ways. There's a zillion different ways that this could be applied. Well, yeah, you worked on the list. We we should not kill. Okay, murders out. I think everyone's in agreement. Uh, we should not punch our neighbor in the face. Mm-hmm. You know come to blows with our neighbor, physically harm our neighbor. That's out of the question. Then you get to the heart. And <laughs> the commandment is really forbidding resentment and bitterness, that we are not to hold a grudge, to to wish harm mm-hmm. upon our neighbor. And then that, that extends to gossip, mm-hmm. which is eighth commandment stuff. It, ex- it extends to... To signs, uh, you know, I don't even know without the context in front of me where Mm -hmm. Luther is going that gestures, you know, making fun of that guy. Yeah. Flipping the bird. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. That would be one. Uh, We we are not to harm our neighbor with unhelpful help. But what about slander, backbiting, gossiping, all of of those things play into that. Mm -hmm. And, And what we need to start training ourselves as catechism Christians is to start seeing the whole catechism and even the Ten Commandments now as this interwoven web mm-hmm. that really defines the Christian life. You know, it, the Fifth Commandment is does not occur in a vacuum uh, apart from one through four and six through ten. 
it, it it's intimately connected. The fifth commandment is intimately mm-hmm. connected with the eighth commandment, right. like we just addressed. It's yeah. intimately connected with the first article of the creed, mm-hmm. uh, God's provision for our neighbor. It's intimately connected with the fifth petition of the Lord's Prayer, uh, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, and so on and so forth. And it's this this huge interweb, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> uh, of of life for the Christian. And again, we want to take the Ten Commandments, have ten individual items, mm-hmm. and say, okay, I got seven out of ten right today. That's a C for the day. <laughs> sure. It's still a passing grade. I start again tomorrow. It doesn't work that way. The Ten Commandments, as, as I teach it to my class, it's one big checkbox. Well, and James mm-hmm. reminds us that if you fail in one part of the yep. law, the whole law is then accused, mm-hmm. brought as an accusation against you. The thing that I'd like you to touch on, Jason, if you're willing, I'm, I know this might be a little bit off script, but we've already agreed that I'm the wild card. Yeah, so you here are. I go. <laughs> uh, a lot of people will say that Jesus reinterpreted the Ten Commandments in the Sermon on the Mount. Please touch on that. Jesus did not reinterpret the Ten Commandments. He accurately interpreted Preach it, brother. the Ten Commandments. He accurately <laughs> interpreted. So Jesus is reinterpreting the, the law insofar as he's explaining to the Pharisees who on a wholesale basis got the law wrong. And, and the interesting thing that Jesus is doing here, and, and, and one of the errors in Christianity, is that we think the Pharisees had too high a view of the law, mm-hmm. that they were taking it to the nth degree. You know, the way I teach about Phariseeism is that they didn't want to break the Ten Commandments, and so they created this hedge around the Ten Commandments so you wouldn't even come close. What they're really doing is they're lowering the Ten Commandments to the level where they become fulfillable, where you yeah, can accomplish exactly. it. And that's the problem. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. It's that you can't do this, and here's why you can't do it, because there's this infinite possibility of breaking the commandment because of all of the applications. Because it's a hard issue, and and that issue is that we are born in original sin, we are born separated from God, and all of that Sermon on the Mount is a beautiful explanation of we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, period. It's a beautiful Mm -hmm. explanation of that, and then as we circle back to the Sermon on the Mount, to Matthew 5, 6, and 7, as Christians, it's a, a thoroughgoing treatise by Jesus on the Christian life. Mm-hmm. And so where the breakdown happens is we get sin, we get that I can't do this, but the next error in Christianity is to treat the gospel as if the gospel is saying, ah, shucks, it doesn't matter because Jesus died. That's not how the law works in the life of the Christian. It's, you have failed to do this, I repent, God have mercy on my soul, you are forgiven, mm-hmm. now go back and do this. And again, right. the sanctification happens, repent of failing to be a Christian, receive the gospel, go out and do it. Repent, mm-hmm. receive the gospel, go out and do it. And, and that, all yeah. that is just saturated with the freedom of Christ. Uh, Brett and I mm-hmm. were at a men's retreat, and we started out that way, that when the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. We have the freedom to go to a God who has provided everything for us to be forgiven totally entirely. But we also have the freedom to be brutal honest about our sin so that then the third loose use of the law can come into play and that we can grow in our sanctification, abide in Christ, allowing God to prune us mm-hmm. so that we bear more biblical fruit. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the scope and sequence of the Christian life, the mm-hmm. way you guys are describing it there. Yeah, it's I have called it in the past cyclical sanctification. I know, Brian, you're working on converting me to using abiding sanctification. Either Based way, to, yeah. it's it's you want to move away from that progressive sanctification model that that looks like this inclined plane mm-hmm. because in the end now principally generally speaking 
you know, at the end of our Christian lives, will we be stronger to resist temptation than previously? Probably. Not necessarily. We hope so, anyway. We hope so, right? That's the goal. But but what ends up happening, if you follow that to its logical conclusion, is that sanctification gets distilled down to me getting better at not sinning. I know. Mm-hmm. It's like this Jacob's Ladder picture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, climbing Jacob's Ladder, but that's not the case. It's the transformation of Christ in our hearts. It's an in, inside-out transformation. It's an, that heart change that manifests and, and yields Christ-like tendencies, not as a, a work of self-righteousness, but out of an act of worship to a God who is worthy. And the danger in sanctification under the law is that the further you work your way up that inclined plane, what you're doing is the further away you're getting from the cross. That's right. Mm-hmm. And it's necessity and it's absolute, you know, just need to be a part of the Christian life. You know, and that's why I chose the word abiding, taken from John uh, 15, 1 through 5, mm-hmm. that as we abide in Christ in that picture of pruning, mm-hmm. uh, as the Father lovingly disciplines those whom he loves, um, that's it. That's abiding in Christ, returning to the faith of our baptism, returning to the resurrection of Christ Jesus and that Easter Sunday morning and how that's knit together, as you said before. And, and we mentioned in the fourth commandment, the way it looks from the law's perspective, which mm-hmm. again, we're on the Ten Commandments, is the law always accuses, right. but the law never condemns. And so it's showing our failures to drive us back to Christ so that we can go out again and live in and under God's will. Mm-hmm. And it's, that's the right. cycle for me. And that's, that's the way this commandment operates in our lives, is it as we hear it and as we read it and as we dwell upon it and, and unpack it more and more, it, it has a certain effect on our lives and it has uh, a purpose for us. And so, um, Jason, you want to kind of start to talk about that a little bit of, of how this commandment specifically um, opens up our eyes to see how we sin and how we how we sin and also what we are to do. Yeah. So the purpose of the commandment, first and foremost, the commandments are there for introspection. So when you hear the law, your response in your sinful nature is to find out where other people have harmed you by by breaking the law against you. But the intention of the word is to how have I broken this. And so we mm-hmm. can't worry about how others treat us in either obeying or disobeying this commandments. We have everything sure. we need for life and salvation. Although there there will be times that there will be times people and, sin against us in by yeah, breaking and, this commandment. And we're not denying that as mm-hmm. in in the Christian church we don't point out sin in the life of a brother. But the point when we point out sin in the life of a brother or sister in Christ is for repentance. Right. Which right. The reason why we repent in our lives is that we've identified sin, and that's what the law is doing. But you go back to Jesus again in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 7. Uh, why should you be concerned about the speck in your brother's eye when you have this log in your own eye? Mm-hmm. That's what's talking about. So that's the first introspection. That's James 1, 24 and 25 is where we're going with that. But then we talk about, well, how can we possibly obey this commandment? And the principles from the catechism, again, drawn from scripture by Luther, first, we must not harm anyone by word or deed. It's, uh, that's your baseline. Is, is this harmful or helpful for my neighbor? That's fifth commandment stuff. And, and then uh, the positive side of this is if I have a neighbor, I must constantly be doing good for my neighbor. Mm-hmm. I must constantly uh, be helping him. This is the James passage, faith without works is dead, mm-hmm. is that faith, uh, Luther says in the large catechism, faith, faith is a living, active, busy thing. Because I have been redeemed, because I have eternity uh, wrapped up in what Jesus Christ has done for me on the cross and in the empty tomb, 
I have a neighbor to love. Mm-hmm. I don't have to fight for every scrap of credit I can give to put on my resume before God because my resume before God right now is Jesus Christ on the cross in my place. And I love that because in the freedom of Christ, we have the privilege to love someone in a veiled way, in the way that Christ has loved us, you know, because there is therefore now no condemnation. Mm-hmm. And so we have that freedom in the freedom of the life, death, and resurrection is the only way we can love with that kind of love, with a selfless covenant sacrificial love. And, and then where we make that clarification is the gospel mm-hmm. doesn't inform us how to love our neighbor. Mm-hmm. The gospel frees us to love That's our right. neighbor, and Amen. the law informs us how to love our neighbor. Yeah, I was just listening to, a, I think it was an audio book about kind of social justice and you know what kind of good work should we do for the life of, of our neighbors and and they made a point there of sometimes with in our day with technology, we can get so overwhelmed with all that there is to do for our neighbors, for their bodily good and so on and and so on and so forth. That's your phrase. No. Uh, but anyhow, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and they, they made a point of you may not be able to help somebody across the world right now, but you do have people in your life that are coming into your life as you have opportunity. That's kind of the, was the point of that. Yeah. And that Luther, again, large catechism, Mm -hmm. uh, he says, we ought to practice and teach this, the the principles of the fifth commandment says, then we would have our hands full by doing good works. And you never have to look hard for your neighbor. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate what you said, Brett, Mm -hmm. because a lot of times we see the world and because we have so much access to so much information that we forget the person that's right in front of us. Mm -hmm. You're the neighbor that's across the street or the person that's pulled over alongside the road on your way home. We forget to even see that and we get almost overwhelmed by things we can't influence and we neglect the things that God has brought to us. And and it's not to deny or to invalidate. If you have a heart and a passion yeah. and a giftedness for to, to for foreign missions to help the needy in Africa or in the Middle East or in India mm-hmm. or you know any parts of the globe, do it. Uh, but if you don't know how to do it, uh, it, that's not condemning on you either uh, because we all have our individual vocations that God has gifted us in doing. And, it, you know, the the least you can do, which is probably the most from God's perspective, is just be praying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even though you may participate in those things, those world missions, but that doesn't disengage us from the people that the Lord brings to us, mm-hmm. the opportunities that he brings to us on our, in our everyday life. Well, and, and, and that's kind of the environment I grew up in, uh, in, in the AFLC, in the mm-hmm. church, is, you know, there's this hierarchy that we always establish for ourselves. And I remember when I enrolled in seminary and, you know, people had been praying for me back home in North Dakota, Northwestern Minnesota, that I would do that. Uh, and they were excited. And then I remember the first time I went back home to my home church and someone said to me, knowing my grandparents were missionaries to Madagascar, they're saying, well, after seminary, uh, are you going to be a missionary like your grandpa? And I said, no, I think I'm you know, going to stay in the United States and be a pastor. That's really what I want to do with this. And their response was, oh. <laughs> you know, and, and it's this hierarchy that being a pastor is great, but being a missionary is better. Yeah. Uh, being a missionary is also great. Uh, and, and, you know, God be praised for the people he has called to do that work. But like Paul said, if we were all a hand, how boring would that be? Yeah, it wouldn't be right. a body. If we were all a, a spleen or a kidney, we, we need the body of Christ. We mm-hmm. need those gift, different spiritual gifts operating as a body knit together in Christ. And then the local congregation, it applies to everyone too. You don't have to be a Sunday school teacher. Mm-hmm. 
you, you don't have to, to fight against that. Now, if you are called to be a Sunday school teacher, if you have that giftedness as a pastor, if you resist that, I'm going to be really frustrated because the church needs gifted Sunday school teachers. Mm-hmm. But if you are called to be a learner uh, and, and to be a part of a Sunday school class, great. You know, activity in the body of Christ shows up in multiple different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. So where are we at here with the fifth commandment? Um, well, I think, you know, <laughs> we we're, get... with the fifth commandment, yeah. again, not harming your neighbor, we're being really general here. And right. in, in the next yep. couple of episodes, we're going to get into specifics. And so yes, that's good. coming up, uh, we're going to look at the prohibited, the negative side of the commandment. We're going to do a Bible study on Cain and Abel, mm-hmm. looking at the effects of murder, the consequences of murder and things like that. The positive, the promotion of the commandment and promoting life, we're going to look at the Good Samaritan mm-hmm. and, and really examine Christ's role. Sure. As the Good Samaritan uh, for us. Uh, and we'll see where it goes from there. I, there's potential for a bonus fourth episode Ooh. if we get around to it. But we're not guaranteeing now, but, but we'll leave that as a cliffhanger here. Sounds good. Well, maybe we should wrap up this episode for now and then get on to the next one next week. Yeah, I'm ready. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Please join us next week as Pastor Brent, Pastor Jason, and myself continue our discussion on the Fifth Commandment. God bless you and have a great week.